Welcome to the Eye on Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story, and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. I gotta say, I've probably never been in a tattoo parlor before, or a tattoo <laughs> business. We're here with Perry Chote Pratt, who is the owner of Lucky Bird Tattoo right here on Reba Road. How are you doing, Perry? Good, John. How are you? Good. Hey, thank you for inviting me in on a Sunday afternoon, and, you know, Probably because of my own fears and I don't like pain or anything like that. It's a good thing because you're not open on Sunday. Yeah. So, so, so I, I can escape out of here. But No um, tattoos, just talking. <laughs> but, um, you know, we wanted just to sit there. We're talking about local businesses in Anne Arundel County. And, you know, passed by here, you know, I can't even tell you how many thousands of times. And wanted to find out about Lucky Bird Tattoo. First of all, the website is Lucky Bird Tattoo. Makes it real easy. Yeah. .com. And, um, but how did this all start? How did you start business here this december will be 13 years ago that we opened at the time tattooing felt very different than it is now uh, it was more quote-unquote street shop kind of thing where you'd walk in and you'd pick off the wall uh the designs yeah yeah made. yeah i'll take so a little more 33 b <laughs> exactly it was a little little old school kind of thing like that and at the time that's just what it was and there's plenty of shops that still do that and nothing against whatever different right. people for different things but me personally i wanted a. I was more interested in the custom side of it do they have i mean i mean you mentioned that just sort of off the shelf designs is there an industry that provides off the shelf designs uh so yeah it's actually so back then it's usually there were some companies that did that that were just a company one cherry creek was one that I think they had a team of artists that kind of would just pump out designs and they'd put them out to all the, the tattoo artists. But then you'd have artists that were kind of the bigger names that would draw their own too and again, get them out to all the suppliers and whatnot. Interesting. Well, how did, how did you get in to being a tattoo artist? Originally, you know, if you would have asked me um, growing up, I, I had no intention or even thought I would get into something like this, to be honest. At the time... To flashback 20-some years ago, I was working, um, I played in a band, so I loved music, and I was out of, out of high school and just kind of had regular jobs. I worked restaurants for... Ever? Yeah, <laughs> since I was 14, it was probably 8, 10 years of restaurant work. Um, did that, and I always had two jobs at the time. I had a morning job and then a night job, and at the time, I was looking for a night job i needed one and i was getting tattooed at the time just from being in a band and kind of got to know the shop a bit and uh went out and just happened to ask them like hey do you guys have any work i can do and at the time they had me cleaning gutters and doing things that no one wanted to do and they threw me a couple bucks and that kind of turned into they needed a, they called me a shop boy, just a shop helper, receptionist, cleaner, whatever they needed. And they ended up probably were like, hey, what the, what's up with that kid that will clean our gutters and do everything for 20 bucks? <laughs> so they, they asked if I was interested in a part-time job there at night. And it was right across the street from a restaurant I worked at. Oh, nice. So I'd literally get off, walk over, change, and, and I'd work there. And uh, 
that's originally how I just started working in a tattoo shop. And again, at the time, I had no intention on getting into tattooing. I just, it was a job and it was awesome. It was way easier than standing over in a hot grill. Right. You know, I thought it was really cool. I liked getting tattooed and I just kind of started that way and then it slowly evolved. Well, I'm looking at the artwork on the walls in your studio here. And I mean, how does somebody train to be a tattoo artist? And I, and I will say that, you know, I, I purposely use the words artwork and a tattoo artist because I mean, what you're doing is, is true art. Thank you. Are you trained as an artist? If you're speaking of school-wise, no, I never went to art school or anything. But, I, you know, there's so much you can do to train yourself. You don't necessarily have to have art school background. Sure, sure. You don't um, have to. And nothing wrong against it. It's great things. But I think the real thing is if you have enough passion for something, whether you're in art school or not, or college or not, or any, whatever it might be, whatever your passion is, if you have enough passion to just obsess over it and basically do something a million times over and over and over and fail at it until you finally get good. You And the only way you can do that is if you if you care about something enough, if you have enough passion about something enough, if you're in it for that reason, you'll get great at it. Um, so for me, yeah, again, to back up with the story, I was working in a tattoo shop. I liked getting tattooed and then getting to kind of see that behind the scenes of it a little, I really fell in love with what the artists were doing and it kind of captured me. And then one of the guys working at the time kind of planted the seed a little bit. Like, you ever think about this? Cause he'd see me doodle a little here and there. And I'm like, no way, man. Like that's so intimidating, you know, to, right. to tattoo someone is, is very intimidating. I imagine, um, you know, especially in the beginning where it's just like, this isn't paper. You can't erase. This is permanent. <laughs> You know, people are bleeding. They move. Like it's it's really uh, yeah. scary. Um, so I'm like, no way, you know. And it, it but once it kind of got in my head, you're like, I don't know, maybe, you know. And again, it wasn't like the art you see now, where I'm drawing three foot drawings right. for someone's whole body. These were just getting it off the wall. So eventually, you start thinking maybe I could do that. You know, like maybe I could take some of these little ones and learn how to physically apply it draw the red heart with the mom in the middle right of it. And, and learn that medium and those tools just like if you went from color pencil to, to paintbrush it's different or to airbrush yeah. or something it's it's a different tool a different medium so you know once that kind of got going and i start thinking i kind of just started applying myself more in that shop where i would get people's line drawings and line drawings are if you have the sketch and then you do the final line okay. for it that you make the stencil to apply on someone. So I started doing things like that for the artist and basically making their job easier, but it was giving me opportunity to kind of learn and, and draw. And that kind of gave me a little more confidence here and there, a little more, a little more, and start drawing things. People would want to add something to a picture, and I'd draw it for the artist, and they'd kind of be like, yes or no. If no, hey, your letters are too close or something like that. And so it kind of just naturally built a little like that until I had a little more of the confidence of proposing looking for an apprenticeship with the shop and they kind of really you know will give you a chance to have a chance type thing and you know i'm pretty driven once it's that and it's like all right that's the goal so i just from that day on just really tried and studied everything you know if it's like okay how do i at the time something something common or whatever how do you draw a rose you know how do you draw lettering and i would just focus on something and just 
draw, 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 draw different ways. And then just kept kind of doing that, just being your own school, you know, what needs to be learned. And those were the basic things of tattooing. And then, you know, as you tattoo and go along, you start to get into more and more of the art side. And uh, I think that's kind of what separated artists a bit more uh, from like kind of a quote unquote tattooer and a tattoo artist, I feel is, is, is a big difference. How did you make the jump into from being cleaning the gutters at a tattoo parlor to owning <laughs> owning your own tattoo studio? Well, you know, it, it, it's never a big jump. It's, you know, looking back, it's always this, these kind of gradual little steps that happen. And again, I never even thought about owning a tattoo shop, just like I never thought about tattooing in the beginning. You just kind of set these little goals. I want to be able to draw this rose. I want to be able to draw a face. I want to draw, get into anatomy a little. And you set these little goals. And when you reach them, if you have passion, you kind of always set a new little goal without realizing. And years of doing that, all of a sudden you're doing things you never thought was possible on an art level. But then also on the business level, you know, you go from just doing walk-ins and kind of a street shop, doing whatever um, little thing someone picked off the wall type thing to starting to design and get people interested in what you do. And uh, fortunately for myself, I have a pretty unique style. So people started recognizing like, oh, that looks like that guy Perry, you know, and that was a slow thing that took a, a lot of years sure. to build up in the beginning. Someone might have you if I would try to, someone wants something off the wall and you'd be like, hey, can I, I'll draw you one so it's custom. And people are like, okay. And then half the time it'd get shot down like, oh, right. you know, maybe it's too much, to, too cartoony or too this or whatever. But slowly they, you earn that trust in that with clients and then, you know, you do the best tattoo you can. At the time, social media stuff was just kind of coming out with MySpace, stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I would put pictures up and, promote and you know it was a slow process of people kind of saying hey you know i want to whatever i want a mermaid but i like the way you did that one and it was something really in my style and then you just take that opportunity to do the best you can and and push it and over the years that 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 crowd became bigger and bigger and that my clientele became bigger and it allowed me to well, it's interesting because I've looked at I looked through your website and and you've talked about your different style and and everything else. I noticed that like with a lot of the artist bios and whatnot, they are saying call for an appointment or call for a uh, discussion a about, about, yeah. about what you want a consultation. And I imagine that everybody, you know, you said you have a particular style. I mean, if if I knew tattoos, I'd probably walk down the street and go, "Oh, that must be a parry right, right, right. Um, type of a thing." I mean, it's like a like a painting, right? Um, absolutely. So each tattoo artist has its own has their own style to a degree. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of overlap, and then they obviously all can probably do the real basic, you know, the heart with the mom and right. <laughs> but I know the there was one that was like, okay, this. I think it was a guest artist that specializes in bold, bright colors mm -hmm. as opposed to more subdued and stuff. So, I mean, is that really, I mean, are you really qualifying your clients as they come in to find out what? Um, yeah, these days, you know, again, everyone's capable of multiple things. I think if you've tattooed for that amount of time, I mean, it's impossible not to at least somewhat because you have to start small. Right. You do start with the smaller things, the lettering and stuff like that. But all those things build up you know, that bag of tricks and you learn these little styles and those, all those little things go into creating your own style. If again, if you're pushing to 
be better and better and, and not get tunnel vision on okay this is just what i do so yeah as far as here at lucky bird and that's something i've always been proud of and i've won it from the beginning and again took many years to build that but to have artists that really specialize in different things because if you'd come to someone that's for that style and you say i want again uh, hey i want this again a mermaid but i want it in this this right. animated illustrated new school kind of style and it's like oh well, we got a couple guys that that's what they do if you want that mermaid in like a american traditional style oh we got guys that, that, do, can do, that. do that too and again if you're doing that it's kind of like going to a a mechanic you know a garage or something and it's like if they had uh that's not my world, but in my little, yeah. <laughs> in my head, the way I kind of picture it. You know, if you went to a garage and it was like, oh, here's this mechanic that specializes in, in Volkswagen. Here's your Honda guy or whatever. Right. And they're both there and you have a Honda. It's like, well, why would we pair you with the Volkswagen guy? This, this is what this guy really does, you know. So that was always kind of the goal because I also understand, like, having a style that is pretty specific it's not for everyone and that's totally cool that's great you know it's just like music it's, you know there's different yeah. genres for a reason it speaks to different people so to have different people we can kind of push you to is really awesome and so a lot of times people come in and again it took a long time to kind of build that and, and get that to just people to understand especially at the time of opening you know 13 years ago where people were confused by a custom shop because that's what wasn't the, how shops sure. work. People were really confused. I'll get back into that. So I don't go off too far, but uh, back to the artist thing by having different ones. I just think it, it allows really great things and, and every style is not for everyone. So the quality is there. Now, who do we give you the best match to be is, is really the goal here. Do you find most of your clients a repeat for you I mean I mean if, if I'm getting a tattoo and I, I say man I, like, I love the Perry style right I mean am I am I over my lifetime coming back to you time and time again or am I mixing it up yeah or- to be honest man I'm really lucky and fortunate that since I tattoo a lot of the same people I've tattooed people for gosh man some from the within my first year of their career you know like oh wow you, you know 18 years ago or you know i have clients i've tattooed 15 years and then that turns into it's like oh i tattoo their wife and their kids you know and next thing you know but yeah a lot of people especially working on large-scale things like you see around if i start someone's whole leg or their whole back a bodysuit type thing you know i end up tattooing them once a month until we're done the project that's kind of one of the, the little things and I can't tell you how many times I finish one and they go, you know, I'd love to get my other leg. Would you be willing? You know, <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, absolutely, man. I loved working with you. It was a great time. And, and you know, they like what I do. I know what they like. And I, I tend to have a ton of repeat clients, which is really awesome. Some of them became have become best friends of sure. mine. I mean, you sit next to someone one on one for hours and hours once a month for years it's like man yeah you, you, get you really get to know people yeah it's Absolutely. awesome does uh, it piss you off when somebody comes in with somebody else's work <laughs> a client of mine well yeah the- no not at all not at all actually man um 
they most of them you know i have clients and we share clients within the shop too because there's times you know if i'll be tattooing someone and i'm doing a real illustrated thing and say they're like i wanted to get a, a really nice black and gray portrait and it's like oh man you got to see rod diaz you know like it's what he does right so we we definitely share people we have a lot of clients that do that and i've never been one of those people that feel you own somebody because right. there are a lot of artists that kind of get like that where they get a little um territorial i would think so right you know i i think it comes out of a bit of insecurity of like oh, i don't want to lose my business to this other artist but again if it's if you have your distinct thing and your style and you're good at it they're going to come to you for that just like i go to different artists for different style things right. because you know why am i going to go i'm not going to go to the portrait guy if i want a, a a bold traditional american tattoo right. you know what i mean so i i sure don't care at all if anything you know i'd rather help them out and tell them like hey this this artist is really great at this and and kind of just make sure they're getting in at the that level of work right why why do most people get tattoos I mean, is, is there a reason? I mean, I mean, um, I, I mean bef- way back when, okay, it was right. the sailors in port and it was, you know, the, you know, some bikers and, right. and, and I mean, that's totally upended now. Right. Um, oh yeah. It's such a different uh, thing. And those people still do get them. Sure. Um, but yeah, in the beginning, it definitely was more that. And even like I said, the first shop I worked at, the owner was a biker guy. It was, they still smoked cigarettes in there. Right, right, it was right, like, right. it's funny to look back because it's like, God, man, like I remember I don't smoke. So I'd come home every night and like have to shower. Oh, I just felt <laughs> gross, but it just, it's what it was at the time. Um, and again, I think people in my generation and a few of the, the greats that really pushed it the generation before me it was artists kind of got a hold of it you know so it slowly has become more of an art thing than just picking off the wall but why people get it um you know everyone's gonna have their own reasons i think to like be as general and <laughs> basic answer. It all starts off at one point. We think it looks cool. Okay, I mean, fair. you know, that's gotta be, if you didn't think it looked cool, you probably wouldn't be Do interested right. at all, but it gets deeper than that too. That might just be that, that, that beginning thing. Just like if you hear a genre of music that you just like, I don't know what genre it is, but that sounds cool. I like it, you know? Um, Makes sense. So that, that's probably what gets you interested at first, but but we do so many tattoos of different kinds. You know, I've had people that told me it's been life changing because it changed. They had body issues or have been abused and they felt like the body wasn't theirs. And I covered some scars from that, from past abuse. And they said, you know, they went from, I would see that and she's become a great friend since, but before I never saw her without a long sleeve shirt on and it wouldn't show skin much. And she was terrified to even just like come in with a short sleeve shirt when I first started, because she had so much abuse stuff at one point, she just felt like it wasn't her body. Um, but by tattooing it, it kind of turned it into hers and, and and covered the old and made it new. And she's now I never see her without a shirt that's not showing her oh, arms wow. and her chest because <laughs> she's like feels like it's her body now that is awesome yeah and then that's the stuff that's just like man you know you think you're just drawing pictures for people but there's a little side life. perk of the job that you had no oh, idea man it's it's unbelievable that you could even have that effect with with drawing you know um but yeah so you know things like that happen and you know uh, sometimes even and i've been through it myself uh 
if you're going through something hard in life, you, I've noticed I tend to get tattooed a lot more in that time. And I think it's, it's almost that thing, like how maybe if, uh, a woman is going through something. They go, I want to get my hair cut. It was long. And sure. like, I'm cutting it short. I'm dying. And you feel kind of like this, a little bit of a new person. You, cause you kind of took control over your body and what you were doing. So you get things like that. Sometimes they're in memory of people or right. things that, that it's someone looks at it and they just. It's important to them. I've, got, I've got a good friend of mine that spent his career in, in radio. Right. And he had just, he and his wife actually were both in radio. And they just had on their uh, forearm, they just had a little the um, insert on a 45 yeah, record. Yeah. You know, that little, yeah. mm-hmm. just right, very, very simple. Not, yeah. you know, so, I mean, it's, I, I see that. Yeah, That's, there's little things, you know, all the way to sometimes you see people get the initials as a wedding ring because I've had people they work jobs they can't wear a ring you know so I mean it can go so many different ways but again man I think with all that said there is that part that you just like there's kind of a cool factor to it that you like it Um, sometimes it makes you feel more secure sometimes you know there can be a million reasons but in a day I mean it's right. cool looking and it has meaning, which is it, it, it really is. And, and I'll tell you, I think that society has really sort of changed their outlook on this. And I, yep. I, mean, I, don't, yep. I don't even think that. I mean, you know that. Yeah. Uh, I remember when my daughter got her first tattoo. Is uh, said, oh, I just want to get a little small giraffe on my upper thigh, and it was like a much more than smaller, and it was it was kind of on the whole thigh. <laughs> That's how she sold you. <laughs> you know, and it was like, uh, and you know, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And I mean, at that time, she worked at Panera over in Edgewater, and she had a, uh, a nose ring, ring yeah. a septum. And they were like, yeah, no, you can't wear that. You've got to flip that up and and everything else. Uh, That was before the tattoo. But... You know, it used to be the the cops. They if they had tattoos, they had to wear the long sleeves. Right. And yeah. if they had something that would show up, there there were turtlenecks. Right. Like, they look really weird in 104 degrees, right. and there's a cop in a, in a long sleeve yeah. turtleneck coming up to give you a ticket. But I think that the workforce has, and I, we probably haven't gotten to the Mike Tyson thing where they're on the face yet. Right. Acceptable, right. But, yeah. but you know, the <laughs> fact that you know you you know you would think to go into a bank and uh, for the ones that have tellers still, you would never think that. There may be a teller handing you cash or taking your check over a counter right. with a tattoo, right? A visible um, one at least. And, and yeah. now it's just, it's just, and, and I mean, I love the one commercial they have where um, uh, there's there's some doctor, he's he's bald and he, he's pretty much got full sleeves the whole nine yards, and it's like, yeah, would you trust this guy with your with your life? Uh, and he looks pretty. You know, pretty frightening. He says, right. you put the white coat and the stethoscope. And, right. and he says, <laughs> says how, how, about, how about now? And, right. you know, so I think it's very cool that society has changed and yeah. workforces have changed to be able to do that. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, there's some, you know, profanity and stuff like that that's probably going to. Right, right. Um, what you're going to put on. You know, in, in taste. I mean, you know, you're not going to hang, you know, in today's film, if you're not, if you're not a mechanic, you're not going to be hanging, you know, the Playboy centerfolds. Right. Uh, in right. just but any it used general to be, yeah. office. You know? <laughs> right. Um, just like you're not walking here and people yeah. smoking cigarettes. Yeah, that, that's true. Well, I tell you, are there any demographics? I mean, are, is it pretty much everybody? I mean, more men, more, more you women, know, more. These days, no, I, I feel it's really equal. You know, before it definitely felt like, probably a little more of a, a male thing and women definitely are getting them too. But I'll say there, there used to be, I feel there was a difference of, I can speak from my time. You know, if you go before definitely more male sure. before, but within the last 20 some years, it was like, I felt, I noticed more males getting 
maybe larger things in more visible areas like full arm sleeves or things just lower down on the forearm or something like that and and maybe i'd see women get more more things that were hidden like kind of lower backs or smaller kind of areas right. you could hide a little more and again not everyone obviously but that was kind of the beginning of for tattooing me i kind of noticed that more and over the years you definitely have noticed more women now just going getting the full sleeves too and the full leg they're doing things too and not so worried about i guess uh, fitting yeah, into whatever restraints sense. probably they felt at one point maybe did i don't know i'm not a woman why, yeah, um, why should but, they but i've noticed that as far as in trend uh there's no real stereotype with that now as far as who gets what and men or women kind of get people of all ages are, are most artists male um these days, it's I, I'd I'd say there's probably still still more, but it definitely isn't like before. There's plenty of women artists too. This is one industry that really has it's, tumbled and turned around, and I don't even say reinvented because that makes it sound like it was dying or something like that. But it's has totally refocused what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, it's a whole different world, you know. And like I said, it's funny to kind of reminisce on it because you think. 20 years ago what it was and it's just such a slow changing thing like someone getting older or your kid getting older until you see a picture and you're like man that's what, yeah that's what it was yeah. wow <laughs> yeah it, it's changed so much like you said it kind of went from the the bikers and stuff like that to artists having it and it being a woman being a guy whatever um it was now it's about the art well, you just look at the way the that it's it, the industry has grown, and I mean, you know, twenty years ago, you'd probably have to travel a little bit to find a, a find a tattoo shop. Yeah, yeah, it kind of seemed like there's one in. No, the I mean, town. I, I, mean, I, I don't definitely know travel for to find like a great tattooer as well, and you know, it's like oh, all right, here's a shop, but it's like at that time you'd be going to. Well, you guys, you guys are very much like hairstylists, I think, in that in that degree. I mean, for women, okay, men are not quite as married to their <laughs> as married, married to cuts their hair as. As, as women are but I mean it's like yeah I need to I need to have Mary cut my hair oh well she's on vacation okay fine I'm not getting well, Mary wait, cut yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah when you find an artist or you know multiple artists that you trust that you like their work what they do and and you like them as a person you feel comfortable and you're confident in that relationship then it's worth waiting yeah very much well, like that like yeah. I, I have one guy that cuts my hair it's the luckily it's the barber next door yeah, Johnny George's, and George's yeah um and that's for 13 years since I opened this place I started going no, there, you know, I, I, I do as well I mean I like like I like say I'm down a capital barbershop but I mean if, if it's too busy and I'm at yeah I'll go to his right. he, does, he does a good job too but but it is permanent so yeah it's it's yeah well, there's a real trust you know I think tattoo artists can kind of forget that at times because this is what we do all day people that come in are really trusting you not just as a studio, as a business, but then the artists are really trusting to, to do this. Well. Did you ever screw up? Um, I, I, everyone does at some <laughs> point. Now, like anything, are you able to flip that around and make it how right. it needs to be? Again, you know, done it for a long time now, so you're quicker with those little things when someone might move on you or right. something like that where at the beginning you're, you're maybe not quite as aware of someone's little body movements and stuff the way people are. But yeah, I mean, like anything, you you got to be able to roll with it and uh, and make it good. Now, most of all, all this is all done off of off of drawings. 
I mean, my personal tattoos. I mean, for when, for pretty much anybody, I guess at this point, I mean, it's either a a stock drawing that somebody is you know made for a shop that would do something like that, mm-hmm. or a client comes in and says, "Hey, this is my idea." Then do you put it to paper, right? Or, so, or to cat or well, whatever. You know, it may be. again, every tattoo shops. You know, it's like every any industry. There's there's different levels to it. You know, just like restaurants or whatever. You could you can go to Outback if you want, and right. you'll get a decent steak. You know, or you go to Ruth Chris, right. or you get know, a little better one, right? Right. You know, you can go. So there's like everything. There's different levels of it, and there's some shops. You know, and I'll never say names or try to throw anyone on a bus, but there's some that I think the art's not as important and it's just kind of let's get people in and out and make money and they'll probably make way more money than I ever will. But again, what I wanted was the pride of of, of being able to draw something for someone and give them a one-off piece, which is really awesome. And it's always kind of what I envisioned um, once I kind of got through those first few years and really just fell in love with that. And um, so, you know, some shops that have the flash on the walls to pick from, but now with the internet, a lot of people, you're always going to have the people that aren't as capable of the drawing side that are going to go on Google and, and take I mean, an image and trace it. I mean, you're. I okay. mean, they've people have done that since the beginning of time. You know, um, kind of copying art. Right. Whether you're getting into Renaissance paintings, there's people. You right, know, right, it's, right. there's always been somebody. If they're not as capable, they're going to find a way to try to appear to be and and get the business out of it. So there's places that do that too. And you know, again, when I opened Lucky Bird at that time. I remember opening and friends and people telling me like, man, you really should hang up some flash on the wall. So people have something to pick from. And I was, I was just stern. I was like, no, I I really don't want to be that type of shop. I have this idea of a custom thing. Cause again, there's those handful of people that inspired me that aren't even local. They live around the country that, you know, at the time I'm looking at magazines going, this is so cool. They're, these are their drawings. These aren't, and, and I, I wanted that, you know? Um, well, I think, I got to think that if, if I'm coming in looking, uh, you know, as, as somebody that does not have tattoos, the first time, you know, customer as with almost anything, I mean, I, I don't know what's possible. Right. And, you know, if I'm faced with this wall of, gives you options of, of, you know, Oh, you know what? That B3 looks pretty good. Right. And, oh, wait, wait, no, look, G14 <laughs> is, you know, and you right. sit there and go that, but then without knowing what's in your mind. Right. Uh, and how you say, you know, and I, maybe I say, hey, I really like B4, you know, the B and the G, and you say, well, you know, we could do something, you know, it, it just opens up a whole world. You don't know what you don't know. And that's that's where I think the beauty of a, of a custom work is. Right. And again, it's funny when I first opened, you know, people are telling me, you should do that. You should do that. And I didn't want to, but it was, it was, it was weird and a little discouraging. I would open. And again, I was pretty much a one man shop those first couple of years, you know? Um, so I was the guy answering the phone and greeting people right. as well. And, uh, people would come in and like, they were so used to shops that have been around before that you walk in and the, every inch of the wall is covered with designs to pick from. And, they would walk in and kind of look around and I just had paintings and stuff up, you know, just art on the walls, more gallery like. And, you know, I remember one customer in particular, hey, do you have any books I can look at? 
And I say, sure. And I hand him my portfolio of past work just so you can see what right. I've done. And which now sounds quite normal. People don't think about it. But at the time, <laughs> you know, and he looks, I remember he flips through a couple pages and you see him kind of like a little confused looking and he's looking and he's like, no, do you have any books with designs I can pay from? And I go, oh, well, you know, we're a custom shop. We can do a console and then I'll go over your ideas and I'll draw something that's one of a kind for you. And he just looked at me kind of blank stare and it's like, so you don't have any books? <laughs> right, right, right. And I go, well, no, but I'll draw you something. And he just goes, uh, okay. And he just left. And I remember being like, I seem like you, it's like, I'm trying to help you. Like I want to like yeah. give you this custom thing. That's one of a kind for you. That fits your body and your idea. And it, 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 they just didn't want any part of it. Cause at the time it's what it, it wasn't how, it, how it worked, you know? So, I, I thought about that that scenario multiple times and I kind of thought and I'll refer food stuff a lot because I worked at restaurants so long but it's almost like at the time like if you walked into a restaurant and they you're like do you have a menu and they're like well just tell us what you, you want, want you know and, and they're like oh, I, I need to pick something <laughs> off the menu we're so trained like you said you walk in you go okay well yeah. that's kind of cool I can like that just like you walk into a, a store to get clothes and you go yeah, I'll wear that, you know, because yeah. it's there. It's like, here's your options, you know. And so people were kind of confused by that. And it took it took years to build that. Um, and people kept being like, you should just put some. And I'm like, no, I don't want to, you know, I, I want to do it this Good way. Good sticking to your guns. Yeah, you know, and there's times you're tempted where people, stuff like that keeps happening or things like to do a, a custom one, I had to do a consultation. I needed to talk to you. I needed to measure your that body part out and talk to you about your idea. So people were very used to kind of just walking in, going, hey, let's get a tattoo. And you walk in and you got it. And then to come or call or come to the shop and, and then I go, well, I can book you a consultation. Let's book a consultation. We'll talk about it. And then you can put down a deposit the whole time. And then, I'll, then we'll book a date. And they're kind of like, so you want me to come in and not get tattooed you know or you want me to put a deposit down and not get tattooed and people being like i don't know man like yeah. and people just didn't get it because it just wasn't how it was so you know and i'm not claiming to be the first in the world to do this but it sure seemed at that time we were definitely if not the first one or the first that really were were doing things that way and it, it took a while to kind of educate people and get people used to that because at first you know i remember training the front counter staff where people are going to ask these questions and they're going to say, well, can I just do it now or this? And I had to train them to, to how to answer those things and explain to them and educate people. Well, we, we're going to do a consultation. We got to measure it. We're going to draw it. Where now people call, they know that's how we work. And they just go, hey, I'd like to set up a consultation, you know, like Boom, and done. I'm put down a deposit. And so, yeah, it, it was cool to see that grow over the years from people just seeming really confused at first by it. But now they get it. And that's and, awesome. Yeah. And, and, you know, and they'll say, hey, yeah, I will wait months. I know I want this place to do it. I want Lucky Bird to do it. I want this artist to do it. And then our job, you know, put our best into the drawings and follow through and give them the, the best experience in tattoo awesome. we can. Well, obviously you do tattoos here. Uh, that's, that's I'm guessing, the lion's share of your business. But right. you also do piercings and stuff like that yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, we do piercings. Um, microblading, which is what, eyebrows and... Yeah, it's and, a semi-permanent uh, eyebrow. Okay. And then um, yeah, someone there, PMU on the... Yeah, the permanent makeup stuff that oh, falls okay. right under that as well. And we have an artist, Kendall Kramer, that it does all the microblading and 
PMU stuff, um, you know. It's pretty wild. Yeah, and that's really cool. And that's kind of been, uh, well, not new, new. It's been a handful of years now, but our newest of what we we offer to people, which is really cool. You get a whole different demographic in here with that. Are there any tattoos that you want to? Um, yeah, not, none of us are going to do anything. I mean, there's ra- some, some of the know, obvious ones. I mean, racist or you know right. anything negative like that. I mean, we're all good, loving people here. Yeah. We don't need any part of that. You know, no Lucky Bird. You know, that was always been the thing. I wanted the shop to be um, well respected for our abilities and the quality and whether large scale or if it's something small i also never wanted to be that shop that was kind of snooty or snobby like oh you just want a name like we're too good for that because that's just important to people too i mean i have little things like i have my son's name on me so at one point it's like hey i just want to get these three letters you know like um but it's a very important tattoo to me and they're not always all going to be that that huge and extravagant but it's all important so you know as long as people are kind of willing to wait a little bit when we're happy to like just get people in and make sure they get a good job because people confuse sometimes that small means it's easy and it's quite opposite at times um and it's a whole different world and don't get me wrong you know tattooing some a few letters is definitely easier than a full back piece or something but as far as applying it, you still have to be a good tattooer to do it good. And if you have shaky lines, it's even more apparent on, on some on really some small. There's nothing else to hide it from. Sure. So sometimes people kind of think, oh, I'm just getting this. I'll have anyone do it. And then they come in like, man, I got these. And it looks Didn't horrible. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, you should just wait it a month or two okay. to like get it done right, even if it's small. Where did Lucky Bird come from? The name? Yeah. Um, at the time... I wish I had kind of a cooler story, but at the time, (laughs) (laughs) at the time, um, again, this is in the beginning of my tattoo career. um, I was drawing a lot of birds. I I was just into drawing birds at the time. And my brother happened to live in San Diego at the time. And I went out there. I would go out there for the weekends. And the first time I went out there, I went... I was like, damn, this place is beautiful. This is awesome here. And I just kind of daydreaming. I told my brother, because he draws a little too. And at the time, I was daydreaming. Man, I got to move out here with you. We'll just open a shop. And I just splurred. I was like, I'll teach you how to tattoo. We'll call it Lucky Bird. (laughs) And it was, again, it was a pipe dream. I I was in no position to even think about opening a shop or, or even teach someone for that matter. But it was just, we were just, you know, daydreaming. And when I, I said that, and then fast forward years and years later, and I am going to open a shop, I'm kind of searching for a name. And when I'm looking for a name, I'm I was kind of, I'm big into music. I, I play guitar and I, so I'm, I'm listening. Did you across any of your gifts? Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, I'm listening to albums and, you know, title names and stuff, thinking maybe I could kind of steal a little lyric of something, of a cool band name, you know, uh, or a cool song name or, or whatever to make as a shop name. And I kept kind of, yeah, or one I'd like, but I'd hear uh, another shop name that, you know, you Google, look for if right. anywhere else. And in the meantime, you know, I'm, I'm creating the whole back end of this thing and, and I got to get license and all the paperwork side done, the business side, and you have to have a name on there. And it was kind of like, 
I kept coming back to Lucky, to Lucky Bird that it just, I remember saying it before and I'm just, I just kind of kept coming back to it and I kept pushing away. Like, oh, that was just, you know, right in my mouth at the time. And it's like, it's kind of sticking. It. It's kind of sticking with me. <laughs> and there was no other shop named it. The website was available. And it just seemed easy to say and remember. And it didn't feel like it was dark and like scary sounding because I'm, you know, it's not who we are. I mean, you see the walls are bright in here. It's a very uh, welcoming shop, sure. type place. And it just kind of was like, yeah, screw it, man. Lucky Bird sounds good. You know, it works. So that's what I put on. I had to put for license and whatnot. And I just kind of. <laughs> that's awesome. That was it, you know. Um, that's awesome. What's the most challenging tattoo for you to do? I mean, is it, is it a particular body part or uh, uh, is it is it a particular type of artwork or, or the... At this point, they're all challenging. As, they're all going to be as challenging as you make it. But as far as stylistically or different things, I you know, I'm not... I'm fine. I feel fine, confident, tattooed. Anywhere. Many things. Um, again, there's times if we, we'll push someone to someone that really... Uh, specializes in that but coming up when I came up it, there wasn't a such thing as like this is my style to do like we weren't allowed to say that like okay. someone walked in five minutes before you closed wanting something completely different right. that you right. like to do it didn't matter you had to do it so as kind of wild as it was back then I learned a lot of different styles it forced me to and I think that's you know I, I, I am grateful for that now because I see even within my style I put so many elements of these little pieces that I learned from doing different things, from doing a portrait, from doing a traditional thing or Japanese thing, doing a new school thing. And then all of a sudden they kind of, it's like you're doing this, your own little version of all these things. It's like a great music. That's like, Oh, you're, you're taking all these little pieces and then it's you. It's coming that. together. Yeah. That's so I'm not, I, you know, I, I enjoyed uh, any of that. Um, as far as body parts, you know, I work on so many big, large scale things, full legs, full arms, backs, full right. fronts. So, you know, there's definitely different parts of the body that are physically more challenging. You know, uh, if you get into areas like, say, if we're on the stomach or something and it's 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 a stretchier area, like I'm going to have to physically stretch and, okay. and, and work wow. a little harder. I might be standing and hunched over doing it for hours that way. So there's that physical part where, yes, that gets harder. But again, over the years, you learn how to do that. That's going to be harder than if you're working on top of someone's forearm and it's a nice, tight, easy skin. And I can sit right. straight up in my chair and do it. So there's definitely parts of when I'm working large scale things where it's like, oh, this this part's going to kick my butt a little today right. physically. Or I go home and my hands are kind of hurting or my back hurts. And it's like, yeah, I earned my money today. And then so it's a little easier. But as far as challenging on the art side, and um, again, I, I think if you're actually trying to push each piece to be really great and the best you can do, they all should be challenging. You know, if I sit down and draw something in in a couple of minutes, sure, but it means I probably drew it the way I have drawn it before or in a, fair. a thing I'm very confident, oh, I've done this, I know the outcome. But if I go, oh, what if I draw this in a different way or I have a different perspective, a different light source or multiple light sources or different uh, you know, angles and you go, yeah, I never usually do that. And all of a sudden it's a whole different thing. Just like if I hold my hand up flat like this, you go, okay, there's a hand, but if I go like this, 
it's much more dynamic. So it's like, how are you going to draw this pose of how you're looking at it? As no one can see this, but I'm moving my hand around. Yeah, no, no. I, I get so it. if you're thinking that way as an artist, you're going to go, each one will be challenging. And of course, the bag of tricks you learn every time you draw something a different way like that, you conquer this new angle, this new perspective this new thing so of course you get you draw on that faster and faster with that but you're still challenging you know what's the composition what's going on the dynamics of it the colors how are you going to create depth to it how are you going to do some of these things that make a softness and depth to it but it hold up over time with tattooing as well which is a can be a tough thing because unlike a canvas or a piece of paper or something it's on someone's skin that's aging naturally it's getting beat up by the sun and elements so you there are things that are kind of tried and true what holds well with skin and what doesn't and there's those gray areas if you can do it the right way maybe the way you apply it the way you maybe do multiple layers or use certain types of needles with lining certain things with colors and with lines without you know to get different effects but also how does it hold up for the big picture because uh, a lot of people 10, 15 years down the line right and, and and a lot of that you you really don't know until you've tattooed for a long time because something you experimented and tried 15 years ago and then you get to see again you go oh that orange definitely got much softer than than, than it was when you left yeah or much softer than this dark blue did or something and you start to go mm, all right, you, even within these light colors, maybe I need to layer some very deeper colors to build that contrast so it, it holds up. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of things like that that go into tattooing. So it's not, it's this weird mix of art, your art ability, which I think is number one. You know, how are you going to tattoo something great if you, you don't draw? Like, if you're not a good artist, that's something. Right. If you're not pushing. And so many people try to skip that with tattooing just want to get into tattooing and it's like you're missing the whole art side of it first so if you have the art ability and then you learn the physical ability of tattooing how to use the tattoo machines and and and, and physically tattoo someone and if you keep pushing yourself with those two things i noticed for myself uh, over the years it's just been my art ability goes up a little bit and my tattoo ability goes up a little bit and it keeps doing the seesaw thing of more and more because every time you know what to do and how to draw it and where, how this texture is going to be, how this light's going to reflect. Then when you're tattooing, you go, oh, this is where that should be. And then you get to create new little techniques with tattooing to match your art ability. This is so much deeper than I ever yeah, ima imagined. It, it can be. And, and again, you might sit down with someone that just is like total opposite and it's like, I want to do the things off the wall and it's, I line it and I color it and they're gone, you know? Like, wow. So again, there's so many different things, but this is my approach and this is Lucky Bird's, what it was built off of. Right. Um, right. And what I look for in the artists and the people that work here too, that want to do more, you know? But yeah, it's really exciting. So again, they're all challenging if you challenge yourself with it i mean but uh, what everything in life right i mean it's true like i said i can sit down on a guitar true. and play the same three chords <laughs> i played 20 years ago or we can push it and try to do something no. harder you know um so yeah that, that part's fun and challenging but it, it also keeps you into tattooing because it's this weird thing and sorry if i'm rambling but um 
there's a relationship within it. Like any hobby or any passion or any career, you have to keep that relationship exciting or people do start to take little shortcuts or not try as hard and stuff, right? And you go, oh, well, that's good enough. So you have to find a way to like keep yourself intrigued by it and pushing yourself with it, which can be tough when you've drawn some for other people and tattooed, you know, well, it's sounds, 20 sounds, years. Sounds like it's the, the way that's worked for Lucky Bird for yeah, you, you know, got to keep pushing. Years. Yeah, you got and you know, it's a mentality I think of wanting to like right. keep being a little better, but when you are and you try something new, it's exciting and Where's the most painful spot to get tattooed on a body? Um everyone's different. I think oh, really? yeah. Um but you know, there's some definite like everyone kind of can agree on some things like Things like elbows and knees and necks, stuff thin, like the thin, that. The thin skin places. But, but you know, I try not to open my mouth and say what doesn't hurt too much to people because every time you do, your foot's in your mouth and it's the opposite <laughs> for the person. You'll say, oh, you know, maybe I'm doing a whole arm or something. I'm like, oh, man, over by the elbow or inside the arm is definitely a little worse than the top of the forearm. Right. And then you you end up tattooing someone, and they're dying on the top of the forearm, and they're fine on the elbow. Right, and you're like, right, well, well, for me, oh, I'm sorry, man. Like, <laughs> so everyone's different, you know. But they all hurt. Obviously, mm, some spots true. are worse than others. And um, but a weird thing that you mentally get yourself prepared because you know the outcome is what you want to. It's kind of surprising what you'll. It's sort of, sort of like childbirth. Right, right. You, you envision, you're like, no way, how would you ever do that? But you do it because you know that like, you're going to get this all beautiful over. thing Let's do that again. Right, and you're right, exactly. People, they might say here sometimes, they're like, oh man, this sucks, this, this is horrible. And then they get up and look at me, and are like, I love it. And like, when can I book another one, you know? It's like. Well, I'll tell you, as we start to wrap up, I want to talk about the other week you had a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole overturning of Roe v. Wade came out of uh, pretty much out of nowhere. I mean, I never thought in my life I would ever see that happen. Right. And I mean, through uh, sort of the world upside down um, with women's rights to abortion and everything else. And on September 10th, you had an abortion access event and fundraiser. And uh, I mean, it was a pretty wild success. Yeah, it was great. Um it was really awesome. A few of the guys that work here, or guys and women, I should say, brought it to me and the manager, Scott, and, and wanted to, like, hey, how can we kind of do something for this? Which was really awesome. So we all worked as a team and kind of ran with that idea. And we do, we have some stuff we do every now and then that we just call flash events um, that will pick a theme. Sometimes they're fun ones, like, you know, a uh, Halloween one, Friday Thirteenth, or something like okay. that, and we'll all draw. Which is kind of funny, come full circle. That flash art I talk about in the beginning, right? right. Pumpkins. <laughs> yeah, that, like in the beginning of when we first had um, started tattooing the shops, and it was just wall art on the wall to pick. We'll actually do some of those, but we custom design them just for that day so people can walk in and pick things so we're kind of paying homage to the old ways a little but in a very custom way that we drew these and painted them and they're for this specific event that we do and after that day you know they're done yeah um so we kind of do that every now and then just for a fun thing and we've over the years have built that up where people wait hours before we open to try to be as 
close in line and get in and you know they'll, they'll be down from the that the main shop all the way to this past this private one and um which is awesome you know the first few times you go uh, it's like throwing a party i hope someone shows up how's it gonna be and you <laughs> you pull up and it's like there's no way we can tattoo all these, these people, people. <laughs> like, uh, which is so like awesome and humbling that they'll actually care enough to do that and want to so with some of these things like we did one the a uh, few months ago to raise money for Anne Arundel County libraries as well so we kind of used what we did with that since we've had such a good turnout with that where it's like all right we'll do this and we'll create all these designs you know uh specific to this event and uh we'll pump it like that but the last couple of times we've done even more where we had food trucks. Um, right. We had a food had truck Dominic there. Fragment Dominic Fragment. Dominic Fragment, which is one of my oldest, greatest friends growing up and by far one of the best musicians I know. He's a one-man um, band. Yeah, he's just <laughs> insane. And whatever he's playing in front of people, he's a million times better, too. Like <laughs> This is so people can at least take it in and listen. Um, yeah, we had donut coffee thing. Um some of the beneficiaries came out yeah and a couple hundred people and it was just lined up and packed and it was really awesome so yeah we use that where people want to get tattooed uh it might in this case this might be the reason they got it like you asked earlier and it's like i i feel strong about this i want to kind of solidarity yeah yeah like, like have my badge on this so we do that and then to make an event you know because we realize like people always get here hours before in the morning to wait we start going we should get food trucks and so people have music so Dominic was here playing music before we were open we had food trucks before we were open coffee donuts so people could enjoy being out As there just standing right because in, in the beginning it's just like oh I didn't know people were going to come here four hours before <laughs> man they must have been so bored you know so we did that um and kind of use that formula and, and our reach with, with those things to, to get a lot of people here. And, you know, it, the result was, was unbelievable and really awesome and positive and everyone just was great. And we, we had, um, you know, everyone that all the artists here worked really hard. We had some friends come help out that were artists too. And, um, yeah, everyone did an awesome job and it definitely wasn't just me by any means. It was the whole shop. It was, uh, you know, the manager, Scott, and then put in a ton, which, you know, you've talked to him. Yeah. Um, they, they Everyone put in a ton, the front people getting at the work when you got that many people in lines. And I mean, it, it can get kind of crazy, but everyone did an awesome job and we raised we raised quite a bit of money actually i think we raised over eighty six hundred dollars yeah and i i think there's a couple hundred people here i think i think it was 150 people signed up to get tattooed unfortunately we couldn't get to everyone because right. there's still we got to hold our quality and you can't rush yeah. things but we've been slowly kind of reaching back to some of the people and trying to squeeze them in our schedules just to get them in that since they waited and stuff. That's, cool. um, That's really cool. Yeah, 8,600. We split that even between MCASA and the Baltimore Abortion Fund. And we just split that down the middle and donate it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty sure. awesome. Um, well, I'll tell you, the best way to probably to keep in touch with this is you've got a newsletter. You can sign that up at your website at luckybirdtattoo.com. Yep. Yep. Um, get a uh, a consult if you're interested here. They're at twenty five twenty one Riva Road, directly across from like Coons Ford, and yep. um, looking across the street. Yeah, yep. Coons, Coons Ford. Ford. Yep. Um, just before the festival at Riva, if you're coming off of six sixty five, and um, yeah, 
I learned an awful lot, man. I love, I'm, love, I'm digging your artwork on that. Thanks so much. On yeah. the thing, it's uh, the one over over your shoulder. There it looks a little uh, Harley Quinnish. Yeah, actually, I just worked on her yesterday. <laughs> so. <laughs> it was funny, but we were speaking with uh, Perry Chotpradit. Yep. Did I get it right? Yep, Perry Chotpradit. Okay, <laughs> Chotpradit. Um, Lucky Bird Tattoo, thank you so much for taking your time on a Sunday to talk to me. Absolutely. Um, this, is, this is great, and congratulations on all these years of doing this. I mean, uh, you know, from cleaning gutters to, you know, to, to owning, the, own, owning the place. And um, you know, I encourage everybody to take a look at the website because they've got the, all the different artists are laid out on there with uh, the types of work that they do and, you know, whether they're booked up, whether you possibly can get an appointment very quickly, which I, I think certainly speaks to the success of your business as well as to the quality of the artists that you have when you. they're like, uh, yeah, no, we, we can't get you in until what's your December look like? You know, I mean, which is, I mean, it's a good, it's a good problem. Yeah, and we always try to work people in and actually a couple of the artists over the last handful of months to try to accommodate some of the people that wanted smaller things came with the idea of uh, offering a couple walk, a walk in day on Fridays so they could get some smaller people in that didn't oh. have to wait. You know, if again, if you wanted a, a, a one letter, you didn't have to wait months and months to get it. So we try to offer that a little bit now too, which has been great. Um, so that's a, that's another little thing that we recently kind of have been doing, and hey. a uh, couple of the guys at the shop have. have Neat. Lucky Bird Tattoo. Parry, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. This was great. Thank you so yeah, much. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.